Welcome back to the 5Fs Podcast, also known as Evans Report Card. I'm your host, Evan Smith. Today, I'm with Justin Goddard, social media influencer, YouTuber, and college student. Justin, how are you doing today? Pretty good, bro. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. How was your day? Good. It's been pretty good. Um, pretty solid day. It's Sunday. Just went to church. Went to Kroger. Got some groceries. And now I'm here. Just doing content. You make dinner today? Dang, I didn't. I might just call it day and have cereal, to be honest with you. <laughs> you didn't eat I dinner? did eat groceries, but like, I got to prolong it. Okay, okay. So uh, first question of the interview, how did you get into YouTube? YouTube, yeah. So when I started doing YouTube, um, it was, was my freshman year of college. And mm -hmm. funny enough, like I started low-key doing it as a joke um, on like Snapchat and stuff. So like whenever I would be out with my friends, like one of them put the camera on me or if I was like recording myself, I would just go like, hey, what's up guys? Welcome back to another video. My name is Justin Goddard and just start doing that like for fun. And then I was like a few months into my semester and I was like, you know what? I think I actually might want to do YouTube. But at that time it was for memories. So I was like, I mean, college is fun so far. Um, let me see if I can just capture some memories. Maybe I'll do a little vlog here and there, but sole purpose is definitely memories. So come the beginning of 2020, um, I started doing post my first video and just kind of went from there. And I kind of just started off by showing memories of like what I was doing in school. Cause you know, when you're in college, it's like a big part of your life. So I was just doing a bunch of memories and stuff like that. And then I started like giving advice to like other college students and that started like working out really well. So after that, I was like, maybe I should just keep doing this for real. So a few weeks later, or a few videos later, really, it started kind of taking off. And I feel like everyone's definition of taking off is different. But it definitely wasn't in like the thousand views or anything. But um, I think just like the way it got around like on campus that that was what I was doing. I was like, no, this actually might turn to something. And so um, four years later, here we are still doing college content. But now we kind of do a little bit of everything so i might do you know a challenge i might do a vlog i might talk about like things in cause like mental health or just like why it's okay to graduate late or why it's okay to like fail a class and just things like that but the overall theme is still college but we kind of just branched out from the basic purpose of just like for memories and now it's just like really to influence people i guess it's nice and you also do photography on the side yeah, so I do portraits and events. That's like my two main categories right there. But yeah, I do photography, a little bit of videography, and yeah, a little bit of that. And what made you get into photography? Mm, photography actually popped off around the same time as YouTube. My fourth or fifth video um, on YouTube was me doing like an iPhone photo shoot with my friends and like the wellness center parking garage and it really started even before that because i always wanted to take pictures with my friends and i always wanted to like be a photographer in a sense but i didn't have a camera i didn't really know what i was doing and so in a really cool way i started off by just asking my friends like when they're posting their pictures on instagram like let me take them and then i would always ask my friends or i would just post on snapchat or any other platform like hey does anyone want like a free like photo shoot and it's kind of weird saying that when you pull up and the only thing you have is like the same phone everyone else has and it's like <laughs> this guy like you're not doing nothing crazy 
but um obviously you know like more of the work definitely is on like the the posts and editing and stuff but yeah i just i just started doing a bunch of free work and then um got my first camera during covid um shout out to grandma for the um, 19th birthday she got me a first camera canon m50 it's the same camera i use today same camera i use for everything but she got me that camera and you know ended up being able to use that for not only youtube but photography so shout out to grandma and i think we both know of cole bennett i don't know if you've met him before but cole yeah. bennett does iphone like music videos have you seen those mm -hmm. before i think yes. it's just really cool how he uses the the iphone and shows like i didn't use any like studio equipment today like this is literally just shot on an iphone so you can do yeah. a lot with an iphone nowadays their cameras are a lot better now oh for sure especially if you're like a creative person like you or like other people that i know like you can definitely make something shake yeah and i i think one of your family members is connected with cole bennett by chance yeah yeah victoria my um my oldest sister i actually still to this day don't know how she ended up like <laughs> doing that but she is in that phase now where she graduated college and she like works but she's also doing her own like business mm -hmm. um and along with that too like she also is like in like the media production industry so um yeah she just i guess she got connected through like other people because um i know one of her big things is um she will either be like a creative producer she's directed um no, my sister's kind of tough now that I think about it. Hold on. <laughs> She's directed like a music videos before. She'll do, you know, the art behind a video, the vision. But as far as the Cole Bennett collab, like she got to be a part of Who Went Smoke by um, Nardo, Wick. Nardo Wick. Yeah. She's not only for that video, was she like the art director or creative director or something like that? Mm. She was in the music video. Like there's a section in the video where I think G Herbo's coming in a room and a girl comes up and like pats his face and he takes the cloth from her and throws it. Like that's my sister. So she got to be in the video. She got connected with Cole Bennett and then the rest of the team. So that was, that was pretty cool. I'm um, to see her like be able to do that. And then to see the the love that she got from that was pretty cool too. So that's, that's pretty cool. Um, Speaking of media people out of McDonough or Henry County, do you know Shane the Shredder by chance? Why is that name familiar, bro? That that Instagram name is definitely familiar. I don't know if I know them by face though. Yeah, Shane the Shredder does a lot of music videos too, and that's originally how I thought they got connected, but I guess I was wrong on that. She maybe it is my sister. Now that I think about it, yeah, I'll have to see that. She, I'll have to run that by her because that name definitely sounds familiar, in the sense of like someone that said that name to me in person. So mm. yeah, it might be, it might be her. Okay, okay, and uh. How do you see yourself moving on in YouTube after college? What do you uh, want to like move towards? That is the biggest question of my life right now. So um, I know for a fact I definitely can't do the college things anymore because it's it'd be kind of weird to do like college videos when you're no longer <laughs> in college. So yeah. I think with that, um, there's a few outlets I definitely want to um, consider. I think one of my friends, even you, um, last time we spoke, mentioned that I could do um, photography and just talk about the photography side of things, or even just a camera wide and talk about how I shot this, you know, the settings, how to even just take pictures for Instagram better and things like that. So um, that's definitely something that I keep in mind. Um, I think right now my mindset's kind of shifted a little to where 
I definitely think that's an option, but I want to do something that includes a my creativity, but also b like my personality. And I feel like if I were to dip heavily on the photography side, it'd be hard for me to show my personality. Where I feel like in that setting, all the other um, YouTubers or photography YouTubers, YouTubers that do photography, um, that they usually are like very professional. Like they don't really make too many jokes. Um, they just get straight to the point with the camera and everything that that entails but i don't necessarily think when i think about my life long term that that's something i would want to do every day um so maybe i could do that on the side but um i also was considering um just being myself really and just kind of talking about like my life after undergrad and then just like maybe just being a normal casual lifestyle youtuber and just talking about my life you know and my job nine to five and the things i do on the weekend but i don't know i'm really open to it right now but um there are a few things in my head that i'm like i to decide on so it's nice that's nice and for the people listening what are you going to school for yeah so i'm in school right now i'm a senior um at augusta university and my major is business but i'm in school for digital marketing so my main concentration is in digital marketing so very hand in hand with content actually yeah so that's pretty well have you ever thought of doing like any type of like advertisement work or like shooting for like advertisements or stuff like that or have you done no. that in the past maybe um there was i think the closest thing to that um um really cool blessing by the way i got contracted out by walmart to shoot at a fair they had like some phone activation thing. I think um, this was like November of 2021. I just randomly got hit up by them. Um, they asked my rate and everything too, and they paid well. It was a great opportunity. It was really cool. And I think that was probably the closest I've been to it. Um, but you're right. There is a lot of work that you can do with digital marketing as like a freelancer. So I think I could see myself doing a little bit of that. Um. <laughs> I don't mean to be like a Nardwar per se, but can you talk about the WWE for a second and how the WWE <laughs> ties in hand with social media for you? Bro, so two things. Number one, real or fake, doesn't matter. WWE has, I, I've grown up watching wrestling like almost my entire life. My dad kind of got me into it and my little brother, um, shout out Jacob, a lot. And so... I kind of grew up on it. And then I think when I went to college, it kind of dipped out. And then, you know, YouTube photography kind of took that place as its hobby. But number one, WWE has some of the best storytelling if you really like think about it. And I think that to me is where I've like learned to be. I'm so glad you asked me that because I've never <laughs> really like mentioned that at all. A lot of my storytelling, like knowledge and skills, literally word for word, bar for bar comes from WWE. Now, I don't obviously use like the storylines, but I feel like I've learned to be a storyteller by like seeing visuals, like their production team is insane. I've learned to, you know, look at how they maneuver as people and like the way they are and things like that. So a lot of my creativity has come from that. But as far as the question, I think the, the funniest thing is I actually started off doing um, like wrestling content when I was like a junior in high school and I would play like wrestling games put together matches and take those matches, chop them up, edit them to make them look really cool. And then I would post those on YouTube. So technically I was a YouTuber at that point in time, probably got like six views on like 10 videos, but 
um that's kind of where i started off doing content and just left it alone after like a year or so um not even a year like a few months and then revisited youtube in college so have you watched the wwe recently because i just watched it last monday actually and it was pretty entertaining i'm not gonna lie it was a nice time to just watch the wwe yes bro i literally last night um i was watching they had SummerSlam, which is like their main like summer that's the event they were talking about and i literally watched like clips of it um because it came up with my for you page and so i was like let me like dabble in it a little bit um stuff like that didn't recognize like most of the wrestlers now because it's been a few minutes you know it's been some years but um yeah i, I got to check out some of the highlights from SummerSlam yesterday so i try to stay a little connected every now and then um for the same reasons the storytelling is really good so um yeah and uh and the topic of combat sports do you watch the ufc at all or boxing no i i'm gonna get cooked for this the only time i really watch boxing is if there's like a jake paul fight <laughs> i haven't really caught up with it too much um and speaking of that i did see his fight the other day too um that was hilarious but um yeah i don't i don't usually i haven't been dipping into the ufc and mma side but all right the jake paul fight kind of took me for a shot because i i don't know how he won like it, it all feels weird like I don't know how to say it, like, Jake Paul was somebody that would make vines and just do, yeah. like, the most random stuff, and now he's fighting professional MMA fighters and beating them. It's kind of crazy to see. I was thinking about that, too. Like, man was dead frill on Disney Channel. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, the full-on Mickey Mouse ears on TV, and now he's, like, fighting full-on professional wrestlers, not wrestlers, professional boxers. That's crazy. And winning. And winning, by the way, he's not like just fighting and getting whooped. He's like knocking people out. He's like, I think seven and one. That's... I don't even know, but that's insane. It's a crazy record for somebody out of Ohio. Mm. But I feel like if it was like you put him in the cage with Nate Diaz, Nate would just tear him up. But obviously, you know, play to your strengths. Yeah. Uh, Have you ever like been to a wwe match at all recently or not recently at all definitely for sure i think my dad used to take um me and my younger brother every now and then i'd say my whole life i've probably been to upwards 12 minimum eight um yeah i've been to a good i've been to a good bit i've been to the house shows um i've been to the full-on like live shows like raw Mm-hmm. Um, I did SmackDown before too. I don't think I've ever been to a pay-per-view though. There was one I was gonna go to, I think in 2014. And this was sadly around the time of like ISIS. And I remember there's like a bomb threat. <laughs> so we weren't allowed to go because my dad wasn't gonna risk it. <laughs> oh, what a time, man. What a time. Yeah, he was not having that. So we definitely stayed at home and watched it like everybody else. <laughs> Have you seen that clip? And it's like John Cena. And I think it was the day, it was like a SmackDown night. And it's like the night Osama bin Laden dies. And like he goes to the ring and he's like, My fellow Americans. Isn't he the one that like announced it? Yes, to everybody in the arena. And they all just start cheering. 
we're talking about somebody that's got killed rightfully so i guess but oh man crazy man oh excuse me so um back on the photography side or back to photography i should say what do you mainly like shoot for like what are your main events that you do yeah so um we definitely won't get too deep into this but a camera is very similar to a weapon a gun and i say that because they both have like a strap they both have like a scope technically your viewfinder things like that um so i would go around because i do portraits saying i shoot people now without context <laughs> that conversation wouldn't last too long so i would have to explain you know um i do events for people i do portraits and things like that but um, my main thing is portraits, and so I'd say maybe about half of my work in the past year or so, or maybe even two, has been graduation suits, um, just because I'm in college, of course, so um, there's a lot of people that need some type of, not even just a full-on photo shoot, but just some photos in college, and so I kind of figured out um, the game a little bit and made that kind of my niche for the beginning of college or so, and then after things like Walmart happened and other things, I was like, you know what? I really like events, which events right now is my favorite shoot to get because it's super exciting when you don't know what you're going to go shoot. The venues are different every time. People are different every time. Um, Energy is different. So I think that thrill of not knowing so much of a controlled shoot definitely makes events more fun. Um, and then of course you get to play with, you know, the environment with like say you're at a concert you get to go like on stages if you're at mm -hmm. a fair you know you can work around and things like that so i think events really has been able to give me the opportunity to like be my full creative self whereas portraits it's like someone just wants a headshot can't really do anything with that someone just wants graduation photos there's like x amount of poses that people usually do in locations especially when you're talking about a college so um, but yeah, portraits is definitely my move right now. Has there been event? Has there been an event that's been your favorite? Hundred oh, percent. Um, so I go to Augusta University, where it's mainly a medical school. So there's the, obviously the medical school. There's nursing school is a big undergrad program, and then um, for graduate programs, we also have dental. So pretty much a lot of the main healthcare. We have kidneys and other things like that, but those are like the main ones we have. And so with that though. Um, the medical school has a lot of functions, whether that's like um, just a random get together or if they have like a costume party. But my favorite ones of all are when they do a ball or a party. When I tell you, I have shot athletes, I've shot random students, I've done fraternities and sororities. No one is more lit than a 28 year old medical student because <laughs> when they take off from doing work in the hospital, they get a week off and they milk it. Oh my gosh. This past December, I did maybe my third or fourth shoot with um, MCG, which is the Medical College of Georgia. Mm -hmm. And they are the most fun people to be around. It's not even fair or close. They come in, um, the venues are always the best out of all the places I shoot. They're always really, really nice people. Um, they just, hey, they, they trust you. You know, you got the camera, do your thing, man. If you ever need something, let us know. Um, they always make sure I'm fed, which is really cool. Um, I did start doing these shoots before I was 21, so they would kind of offer me a drink and I had to turn it down. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm on the job, and B, I'm, I'm not going to 
drink underage. Um, and so they're just really, really cool people. The environment is so welcoming and then it's lit. So it's a party. I mean, so there's music going, people are dancing and then it's dark cause it's at night. So there's no lights on besides like RGBs or like LED lights. So it's always just a fun atmosphere to be at. Like if I had to choose one area or one, you know, demographic to shoot, I would always choose them under hmm. them. And when you, uh, shoot all of these events and stuff do you edit your stuff too and if so what like the programs do you use yeah so events too what makes them really fun is that versus a portrait um some people might like take instagram right i can do portraits for someone's just plain instagram page people usually will ask for a certain look to it so mm -hmm. like a certain set or certain filter you know angles and things like that with events, you kind of know like angles, obviously you're not gonna get like a super low angle of like everyone's feet. And then of course you play to the crowd. So then people are wearing dresses at a party. So you don't obviously want to get low and things like that. So um, as far as events, it's like very, very straightforward. Um, I usually have a flash because it's a, um, a dark lit event. So I just have like an on-camera flash. Um, and then from that, I might just put a little software. It's like Adobe Lightroom. Um, most of the stuff I do on events are actually done on my phone. I don't even have to touch a laptop, so that's really good. Um, but yeah, Adobe Lightroom is my main app that I use for pretty much all of my photo shoots, including all my Instagram posts and everything. So yeah, I just have a preset that I made um, after my first or second event. I was like, this is kind of the look I know I need to get for any dark lit events where I have my flash on, so I don't have to change the lighting or contrast or exposure or anything like that. So now, if I were to shoot an event, I just take all the photos, throw them in Lightroom, add the presets over it, and then send them back. And uh, camera question, do you shoot in RAW or JPEG? I'm a RAW guy. I'm a RAW guy. I, I mess with the RAW too. RAW is, RAW is way better, I feel like. It's like definitely. 10 times the size of like a JPEG, but RAW is definitely the way to go. Oh yeah, it, it definitely allows you to like fully dissect the picture if that makes sense mm -hmm. you can do something with jpeg don't get me wrong but there's certain things that it, i feel like it's almost locked like if you try to change like aspect a you're also going to end up changing b versus like raw i can change a manually and then go back and change b without them connecting so yeah pretty dope pretty dope and uh do you have like anything you would recommend or not anything, any camera brand you would recommend for anybody wanting to get into photography? Oh, dang, this is the awkward part. So I'm, I'm a Canon guy. I've been a Canon guy since um, I started a few years ago. However, I am now open to moving to Sony only because I know from the content side, Sony is like the industry standard. Like if there's going to be any type of, and you can look at like YouTubers, but also guys that just do podcasts. You can look at um, even like the, um, what are they called? The cameras that are Netflix recommended or Netflix approved. Most of them are, are Sony's. Um, so I now can look at a camera or a video, excuse me. And I can tell if that's like a Nikon or a Sony, depending on the lens. Um, and I noticed the kind of style that I like has mainly been Sony. Um, Canon's not that bad. I actually really like Canon because the interface is like really easy to use, especially mm -hmm. for beginners. So I would definitely say for a beginner, 
get Canon because Canon has better and more entry level cameras versus Sony. You might find one or two, but you're also going to pay like one or two hundred dollars more. Um, the camera I have, which is the Canon M50, is the perfect beginner camera. Um, and another thing about photography, a big pro tip that I've learned over time um, from not only experience, but just by being around other photographers, it's really the lens that makes the camera, not the camera that makes the lens. So if you nice. get a big body from eBay even, which is a good place to find cheaper ones, um, I've gotten some lenses on eBay that were 900 to to $1,000 for 600 bucks. So yeah, definitely try to invest in getting a solid body, but your real investments is gonna come from the lenses because every lens is gonna give you a different look, different quality, which is gonna allow you to get different angles and creativity overall. Overall, So I would definitely say start with Canon, try the Canon M50, the Canon T-Rebel 6 and the T-Rebel 7 are both really good. Um, but if you have, some some money like that and you can go towards the thousands i would say try like a canon rp um a canon 90d those are really good ones too but um yeah definitely make sure that you're emphasizing the importance of the lens over the camera that's a very that is a very great point you should say the the lens is what makes the picture or the camera yeah and so i have to agree i do like i'm not even like i love canon but the the video shooting with Sony is way better. The the A7R, that's the one I have. Very nice. Very, very I need an A7, nice. that's that's where I need to be. I was told to get an A7, uh, Sony A7 III, I believe, or a two. One of the two, but all of those series are so beautiful. Oh my gosh. I saw this one dude that did a grad shoot one time and he had like one of the Sony A series and it was so nice, bro. But you could tell. It wasn't like nice because of his editing. You could tell it was nice because he had a Sony. Mm. So I don't like being a trader, but you know, you might have to dip a little bit. Can't play both sides. Oh, what's that lyric? Rilo Should I sell to Rilo? Oh. <laughs> he says, I'm wearing palm angels and I'm in a demon. I hope God don't think I'm playing both sides. Like that's a bar right there. That's real. That's too real. That's too real. Yeah, but no, I feel like photography, you can play whatever side. You can play both sides. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, speaking of photography and film, what do you mean by Netflix-approved cameras? Yeah, so there's a certain hierarchy of cameras, right? So, obviously, you have, like, your beginners, your intermediates, you're like business pro, which is like not necessarily the best. That would be more of like, if let's say I'm a freelance photographer or videographer and a company's like, hey, let's take a decent company, not like a Nike that's too high, Sam's Club. You would take Sam's Club and they were like, hey, we need a commercial. It's approved for something like that. So you could use one of those cameras for a business, but Netflix where they're making movies, like high-end production, um, an Avengers movie, things like that. Um, there's only a few, like a small handful of cameras that are not necessarily on that level of like professional professional that can still be used for um, like a Netflix show or they can be on like Amazon Prime to record or to film a show. So hmm. those are like a few ones that they recommend that you could not really recommend, but like they're approved that you could use. Uh, speaking of movies, a super low budget film, I think it was shot on fifteen thousand dollars and like yeah 
$15,000, and this movie was in, like, theaters across the nation. Have you ever seen Skinamarink? No. <laughs> I, I don't want to bash the movie at all. No disrespect <laughs> to the words of those people. But I saw, like, a TikTok or something, and it was like, the scariest movie ever, yada, 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 Skinamarink. That movie was not scary. But I will respect it on, like, the film and photography side for just being such a low-budget film and to be, like, in theaters. Like, if you were to tell me, like, I'll give you 15 grand to be, like, right next to right next to Barbie and Oppenheimer, I'm going to point is. at you and laugh. Like, there's no way I'm about to be able to do that. But Skinner Rink pulled it off, so I will give them their applause for that. Yeah, I need to check that out. That's actually insane. Because I know Barbie's marketing budget was out of this freaking world. Dude, so I know it's everywhere. It was everywhere. They hit it out the park. Oppenheimer too, which I did get to see that movie, by the way, but not the whole thing. You, but wait, wait, you didn't watch all of Oppenheimer? So here's the all right. So it was like last week, two weeks ago. Um, my mom got these tickets. She works in a high school, and so she got these tickets where you get four tickets to the movie theater, the one back at home in Regal, mm-hmm. and you only get four, but whatever movie you choose, like you can't split them up and like two of you guys see Oppenheimer, the other two see Barbie. So my sisters did it. I was close to getting my wisdom teeth out. So I was like, I may not go. So I wasn't on the higher like list of priorities for like who got to choose. Older sister was like, all right, cool. Let's go to Barbie. Her and my other sister are like, let's go to Barbie. So I'm like, all right, cool. My brother was supposed to come with me. He fell asleep and did not come. So I was there with my two sisters. And they told me I had to go watch Barbie. So I was like, I bet. Um, I took a gamble and was like, bro, you know I'm not about to watch this movie. So I went in the theater across the um, hallway. It ended up being Oppenheimer. But it was like 30 to 40 minutes into the movie. So then I started watching it. And I was like, okay, it's not that bad. Um, We ended up leaving. And I went from like one end of the movie theaters to the complete other side. So I was like, I want to see another movie. I ended up watching um, Freedom. The Sound of Freedom. Sound of Freedom, yes. Sorry. But yeah, I ended up watching Sound of Freedom. That one was really good. Hmm. Really sad, but really good. So I ended up watching like two movies in one. But yeah, I didn't get to watch the whole thing. Everybody, this is all jokes. We all saw, not we all, Justin just saw one movie. This is all a joke. Do not take this. Do not do this. This is all cap. Oh. Yeah, there was just one. Yeah, was... Um, I like tripped though by the bathroom because some kid had like water on the floor, and I tripped all the way into the theater. So I just ended up like, oh, why am I in the seat? And next, you know, I was like eating popcorn and watching the movie. So I heard they yeah. tied you up and everything. You couldn't even escape. You heard about that? Yeah. Yeah, I didn't want to talk about it in case they like handed me like an NDA. But um, yeah, I guess <laughs> talking about it now. So, but uh, yeah, that all that happened, and I was a little traumatized. But um, the movie was so good, it calmed me back down. <laughs> Yeah, I'm surprised you wouldn't want to watch Barbie. I saw it yesterday. It was, it was good. It probably would have been good. I think the thought of, and this is not even a shot, but I think the thought of watching that movie with my sisters was like, ah, maybe alone. Like, I'm digging myself a deeper hole. Maybe with the homies, I could watch it. <laughs> but just doing that, I was like, ah. Plus, Oppenheimer has some good marketing and made me want to see it. Um, I'm a big history guy too, so I didn't even know what the movie was about 
until, like I said, I was in the theater and I realized, wait, this is about the World War II ending on, as far as, you know, dropping the bomb on Japanese. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy that... But yeah, it was pretty good. Not, not even crazy, yeah. but Oppenheimer is banned in Japan because, obviously, why would, it, <laughs> why, that makes sense. why would they show it in Japan? But speaking of marketing, did you see any marketing for... The recent Fast and Furious movie? Funny enough, when I was in Japan this summer, I saw inside one of the stores, they had a nonstop ad about the Fast and Furious movie that was coming out. Yeah. So my brother does a podcast as well. And it seems like there was no marketing in the US. And for some reason, they just did all of their marketing in other countries this, this time around for some reason. And the more I think about it, the less I've seen a Fast and Furious commercial. So well, it is kind of crazy. Yeah, because I definitely saw it overseas. Dang, they were probably just like, look, this is like the 10th movie at this point. You guys know what we're about to be on. Go ahead and watch it. That's it. We don't need any marketing. Exactly. That's exactly how it is. Did you, really? Did you watch the new Fast and Furious? I haven't. I haven't got to see it yet. What about Spider-Man? Yes, I saw it twice. Twice? That movie is okay. good. One of the times I saw it on TikTok. Um, TikTok has whole movies? Shout out, shout out to the live stream of whoever that guy was. That <laughs> was like this morning, came in and I saw it. I was like, hey, shout out to you, bro. But yeah, that movie was really good. Apparently now it's been delayed um, as far as the part two. Mm -hmm. It's delayed until like 2026. No, actually, no. It's delayed indefinitely it was 2026 but then you know the writer's strike going on through um you know the media and the industry it's indefinite now they're not even they just paused the entire production of the film wow it's kind of crazy to see that shouts out to the writers for standing up for themselves you know but yeah it's really crazy to see all these movies not being in production mm -hmm. did you see guardians of the galaxy at all Yes, that was the best way to end the trilogy. I, I didn't see it. I can't really say anything about it. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, it was tough. It was definitely a nice movie. All right. All right. And uh, I think we'll end all, all the film movie talk. Do you want to talk about what you've done this summer? Oh, man. This is arguably one of the best summers I've had in a while and it wasn't because of the travel it wasn't because of like just being at home but like the mental fortitude that I feel like I grew and obviously like spiritually too has been like the biggest thing like in a while but um yeah so I mean I came home um mid-may um after my girlfriend graduated from college shout out to her um came home and I immediately started summer classes. I took, not 12, I took nine credits. So it's about three classes um, all online. So I was at home. Um, and then in the midst of that, uh, my family wanted to go on vacation and they were thinking about places and Japan ended up being the place that they chose. Mm -hmm. So I had one vacation down packed. And then um, I was gonna go see my cousins and my family in New York. So that was gonna be, I guess the second one. And then I was like, you know what, like, I'm gonna be able to like do something out of this. And then, you know, when you're a creative of any sort, you kind of think of ways to correlate that to content. So 
I was thinking to myself, wow, I had these two trips and then my girlfriend ended up having a graduation party and then I went to go see her for July 4th. I was like, I'm kind of traveling a lot this summer. How can I make this into content? So I thought of myself, if I made like a world tour of five locations, both like international and domestic, like how can I really make this like shake? And so after a while, my grandma randomly hit me up during the summer and was like, hey, she wanted to go on a vacation and um, she wanted to go on a vacation with me and my older sister and it was to Dubai. Weirdly enough, I turned it down because taking three classes um, and especially now that I'm very close to graduating, I'm graduating in December, I know that every class means more than it ever has. Because if I mm -hmm. fail one class, immediately the way my like credits are set up, if I fail one of these classes, I immediately don't graduate in December. I graduate now in May because they're like prerequisite classes for the ones I'm taking in the fall. So I knew the importance of the classes and I just didn't want to hinder that or take anything away from that. So I was prepared to just be at home and not go on a trip. Um, one thing I will say, and this can kind of turn into like a lesson I've, I learned too. Um, my mom really was at first like, oh, I mean, it's your choice, whatever. But she really felt like um, she kind of saw it from a different angle that I didn't. And that was that my grandma isn't getting any younger in that she already lives by herself and um she is at that age where she's starting to have more like appointments for her health and things like that so um the fact that she'd be willing to and able to travel um i didn't want to and she didn't really want me to overlook that so um i took a few days and just really like prayed and thought about it and you know i think of mine we're also talking about a trip to dubai so it's like most people it's not that much to consider but for me it was i, I just i really care about, you know, obviously my future and everything too. And I know myself, I can easily get distracted and Dubai is a perfect place to get distracted <laughs> during the summer <laughs> taking classes. So, um, but ultimately I ended up going, um, I ended up, um, just going on the trip. I mean, it was a blast. It was an absolute blast. Um, Japan was also a blast too. And, um, so the locations I ended up doing at this point now, I was like, I have New York, Raleigh, Dubai, and Japan. And, I was like, I mean, that's pretty good right there. That's four places in the summer. Um, the one thing I did want to do that I didn't get to, um, I wanted to do Atlanta. And although I live in Atlanta, the reason why I wanted to do it was because um, I talked to David actually in Roy and I wanted to get together like a bunch of friends from high school that, you know, I just haven't talked to in a while. And I wanted to see if we could all just like meet up in Atlanta and just have like a day to just like reconnect, and just like catch up with each other and things like that. Um, it kind of fell through because everyone is like super busy at this point. Um, Christian too, also Christian's a pilot for Delta. So, I mean, his schedule is cooked. <laughs> um, he's in Taiwan, so there's no way he's gonna come. But um, yeah, I mean, um, Roy's got a family, you know, so everybody's like really moving on to other things and so. It kind of sucked not being able to do that, but um, that was that was the vision for what I wanted to do. So, yeah, I put together those five locations, and I was like, you know what, this is how I'm going to do this. I'm going to push content at the same time while having fun, and I'll do my classes in between and see how that goes. But together, we have a world tour. So, um, I will say though, I only went to three out of the four locations. Um, I mentioned I didn't get to go to Atlanta. 
I was supposed to go to New York after I came back from Dubai because we flew from New York to Dubai and then landed back in New York. Um, I was supposed to stay for another week in New York and just hang out with my cousins and all that, but I was genuinely so tired. My back was killing me from carrying my bag. Um, the flight was like 13, 14 hours, so my body did kind of hurt after a while being tall and lanky, and you know exactly what that's like, but knees um, yeah it locked up i'm like bro i can't do anything but most of all um i was dead broke so <laughs> go anywhere and have fun at this point so uh, i was like you know it's probably just time for me to just come home so i only did three out of the four three out of the five but i mean that's still three out of five that i'm still grateful for so it's pretty cool and uh out of all the places you've been to do you have a favorite one um, I did get asked that. It's really hard to say. Um, they're very Dubai different. And, they're so different, bro. Like Dubai and Japan, or well, really Dubai is a city, but the city of Dubai and Tokyo, completely different vibes. Um, the biggest thing off the bat, I will say, Dubai is hotter than the butt crack of dawn. Genuinely, <laughs> it felt like... You're sitting, imagine being outside, right? And it's 95 degrees already. And you've been outside for like 30 minutes. So you're you're already being cooked. And you're standing in between two cars that are just running with the engine on. And you're just, you're in the middle. That's what it felt like 24 seven. So the heat of Dubai kind of ruined, not ruined, but it kind of hindered the trip a little bit towards the end. Because one of the last days we did like an all day tour and the sun drains me to the point where I was just walking. Like I wasn't even, there anymore mentally i was just there so japan though probably would win and i say that because i could see myself living in tokyo before dubai hmm. um though most people in dubai spoke english um and and in japan it was very hard to find um people that spoke english and hard to navigate through everything um i think culturally it was very eye-opening to how like humble the country is and to how like disciplined the country is and everything selfless is a big thing too so i think that's one thing i would say versus like dubai there were like local women that were you know ready to find profit I'll say that so um yeah the culture there isn't bad either i know dubai's colors i learned of their flag is represented by like peace love um wealth obviously and things like that so um but just do uh, dubai was just not on the same level as japan man it was <laughs> it was a fun trip it genuinely was the food was really good in japan too i had authentic like foreign food versus like dubai we had pf changs like two days um there was a kfc a Wendy's, so i didn't get to eat as much um you know asian food but definitely Dubai not Dubai Uh, Japan in Japan would you say that the culture was like more relatable to home or is it just something you've never seen before oh my gosh I don't want to get killed for this right and I feel like as an American it's one of the Bill of Rights in our Constitution we can we can say our opinion and you know be genuine about it as much as I love America, though, I do have to say, like, if I were to sum up their culture, their cultural Evan, it was like, it really showed me how like greedy 
selfish and like just greedy and selfish and I, I can't really say rude, but just like inconsiderate um, Americans can be. And here's why I say that. So um, my family's from New York, um, go to New York a lot, um, still visit there and everything. And obviously we know New York has a subway. In the New York subway, here are a few things you're always gonna see. Number one, you're going to see homeless people. That's your, you're not negating that, that's gonna happen. You're gonna see homeless people or people on drugs, crack, heroin, the whole nine yards. Two, when it comes to the subway, if you're entering or exiting, especially if it's busy, you're gonna get pushed, you're gonna get shoved, you might get cussed at, you might have to deal with somebody in the train. I know one time, even a year ago, this dude wanted me to open the window on a train I didn't want to do it. And he was like, try to fight me. And I'm like, bro, like, I'm not even doing anything. Like, what is going on? And I think the subway situation was a big difference because in Tokyo, threw me for a loop. You get to the subway station and they have like directional lines as far as where you stand and where you wait. And so when you get there, everyone waits in a straight line to get onto the subway. And there's no cutting in line. There's no, it's literally, if I show up first, I'm the first one to get on the bus. You're the second, you're the second one to get on the bus. When we get on, it's extremely clean. No one talks, no one says a single word versus New York. There's gonna be some street act that's ding, doing some dance or hanging off the, the monkey bars on the train. And everyone gets off in one single file line and then when you get on the escalator everyone stands on the left side of the escalator so that way if there were to be someone that wants to rush or is in late or something and they have to go off on the right they can do so but everyone stays on the left hand side of the escalator no one moves or anything like that and there's no space in between it's just one 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 um so that was a big thing that i was like bro like america could never bro like it maybe would but this is like and it was everywhere we went. Um, everyone greets you and mm -hmm. says good morning. They say good afternoon. They greet you, ask you how you're doing. And of course a bow, which I found to be really cool. Um, Cause it's just such a humble thing to do. Like to bow to someone that you don't even know whether their status or not. Like you just greet someone with a bow every single time was so cool to me. Um, so that was the biggest thing culturally that it took me back and was like, wow, bro. like. If we could do this in America, we would be such a nicer nation to each other because this is a crazy amount of like respect. And I respected that. And speaking of status, I know in Dubai, a lot of them, I, I want to say rogues, but I don't think that's like the correct term. But um, the clothes they wear, you, you can't tell their status at all. You know what I mean? Yeah. Is, was that like different for you to see or like was it an eye-opener for you to see like everybody wearing the same clothes but this guy goes in like a half a million dollar car and you're just like hold on wait wait a second like did that happen or like yeah so we got to go to the dubai mall a lot because we were like five minutes away and they also have it's the biggest mall on the planet by the way statistically hmm. too and so there's a lot of food options and so that's where we ended up eating pf chang's at and um, in the mall, there was a lot of people wearing full on like robes and I guess like turbans um, and things like that. Um, but there was a few people that weren't just wearing, um, I got to wear the basic one I'd say it is where mm -hmm. um, like a white robe and you have like usually like a red head wrap. There were some people and I think it was a, maybe just for women there where they were wearing all black 
robe and head wrap. The only part you could see is literally their eyes. There is no forehead, no mouth or anything. And so I was thinking to myself with my sister, when they go to the mall and they're shopping, like, what are they buying? Like, what clothes do they buy? And a bigger question, what does their closet look like? Like, hmm. I'm thinking they have to have like a few, you know, sets of robes because I doubt they wear the same one. It's a wealthy country. Um, they don't get taxed. So that's actually pretty good. They don't get sales tax. I don't know. Point is, they kind of have to wear that um, based off, you know, their, their gender and everything. And so that kind of threw me off. Um, there was a situation where I saw a man, like you mentioned, in an all-white um, head wrap and a robe, and he got into a Ferrari and just drove off, like a lime green, neon, like completely modified Lambo, I think it was. Yeah, it was a Lambo. And that's that. I mean, their, their culture there is insane. Um, even the tour guide that was like with us, he was wearing normal clothes, like an American outfit of like a buttoned up t-shirt, um, a buttoned up shirt, rolled the sleeves up in some jeans and some plain t-shirt, some tennis shoes or something. And even he was driving off in a nice car. <laughs> and so I would say, how do they say it? In comparison, most Americans don't have nice cars. Most Americans have cars, but not nice cars. Right. Driving a Lexus in Dubai is the equivalent of driving a 2013 Honda in America. Jeez. Yeah, they have money. <laughs> a lot of money. Yeah, uh, this could totally be just like uh, urban legend or just like what is it a tall tale but people say that there's definitely trillionaires out there in the world and if they are it's somebody middle eastern like an oil tycoon type of person and i i kind oh. of believe that oh yeah i'm i'm, I'm believing that too 100 percent. i think versus if it was an american either they would talk about it so you would know or like it would just get out in a sense and become a big deal. Like, oh my gosh, these guys, this one's money. Like, I guess like our Elon Musk. Mm -hmm. But I feel like over in like the Middle East, it's just like, yeah, he has that. Yeah, it's not, they don't really make a big deal. And that's another thing too I learned culturally. America, in my opinion at least, worships celebrities a little too much versus, mm -hmm. and everywhere I went, um, whether that was Japan or Dubai, they probably have celebrities like, you know, BTS is Japanese. And then of course, um, like Dubai is rich. So there's things that you could really like worship people or idolize people over and they just don't, <laughs> they don't do that. So, um, that kind of really threw me for a loop too. Um, but it was really cool to see that though, because you know, in America, like it's the land of, especially with content right now, it's like, that is so much of a money grab for people that a lot of people are just like doing whatever to become famous and becoming celebrities. And that's the big thing that people are chasing now with, with content. It's not even like influence for a lot of people. It's not to make a, you know, an impact on people's lives, it's fame. So mm -hmm. it was really cool to see that they didn't really have people, um, citizens or quote unquote celebrities that chase that, so. And did you happen to meet any celebrities on any of these trips by chance? Um, not that I know of. 
Um, I was mad. Kai Sinat went to Japan. Kai Sinat and Phantom both mm -hmm. went to Japan like four days after I left. Man. Like four days after I got back home. I was tight. <laughs> but um, uh, uh, are we going to leak it? Um, leak but it. Um, not being able to see them wasn't a big deal. Say that. That's, I like I like how you said that. I like how you said that, my man. That's pretty cool. Hopefully we'll be able to, you know, finish that up, you know, and understand what I mean by that in a couple of days, maybe. <laughs> maybe a week now based off what happened the other day in New York, but might be a week. Free Kai, he ain't do nothing wrong. That situation was insane. <laughs> I'm seeing clips of them like breaking news in New York. It's like covering every news channel. But on a serious note too, I did see um, a lot of like 15 year olds getting like arrested and manhandled. I saw this one girl, her whole like side of her face was bleeding. I don't know if she got trampled or, you know, something, but that is crazy that that happened. He needs a new management in my opinion. His managers are trash. Yeah, it, it totally could have been like a civil situation, you know, like you see like people waiting outside of the weekend hotel, I think in Paris, and they're all just like chilling. Mm -hmm. Just like, and as soon as he comes out, he just starts screaming. But as you say, it can't happen in America. And it, <laughs> you know, it just speaks for itself sometimes. Oh, yeah. In New York, of all places? Nah. <laughs> I think maybe maybe in other states you could probably get more chill people, but in New York City, nah. Uh question one last question about Dubai. Did it feel like safe there? I I saw somebody talk about that Dubai was like the safest city in the world. Like out of all the places you live in, Dubai is totally like the safest. Did it feel like safe to you? Yeah, so before I went there were some like travel videos I would watch there. I'm about Dubai mm -hmm. and one of the videos I saw a guy had a really nice car. I want to say it was like a Lamborghini Urus, which is it's a $300,000 car, but yeah, it, it's a, I mean, I would love a Urus, but it was one of those nice, like high end cars. And it was like a white one. And he did a TikTok where he showed this, his TikTok how safe Dubai is by leaving his keys. I think he had like a, like just a, a ban, like a thousand dollars his phone and something else like on the hood of his car. He crosses the street, goes inside a building for like 20 minutes, um, comes back out and everything is exactly where it is. And so I was like, okay, that's pretty cool. Um, I left my camera, um, where was it? At like the restaurant table or something like that. Not my camera, my phone. And it was still there when I left. So I ended up back and getting it, but like it's a, it's a pretty safe country I would say or at least city-wise, I was only in the city, but um, it definitely felt safe. Um, one thing I definitely noticed though, um, in America, whether you're in the airport or in the city, um, their officers are armed. Mm -hmm. um, you know, like in America, that's obviously like our big thing. In Dubai, I didn't see a single person that had a gun, not one. Hmm. Uh, not an officer, not a security guard, not an agent, nothing. Um, there was even a situation where I was doing a tour um, in Dubai. We got off this boat and got to like land and we were going to go through like a small shop and a guy tried to rob a store 
and there's maybe like 10 people there. I wish my, my sister like watched the whole thing. I kind of like grabbed my grandmother because I was like, I don't know what's going on. But yeah, he tried to rob a store and like he was like yelling, yelling and hollering, which I also learned is illegal in Dubai. But he tried to rob the store and like within five feet, like six guys just grabbed him. Like he didn't get far at all. And they literally pinned him down to like a bench and he was just sitting there. And I guess he got arrested. But um, awkwardly enough, our tour guide was telling us the story of like how they handle crimes in mm -hmm. Dubai. Um, and you know, Dubai is also, um, I know you mentioned that um, Oppenheimer is blocked in Japan, like across the entire country. That's how Into the Spider-Verse or across the Spider-Verse is for Dubai. Um, because there's one shot, I think it's in Gwen's room, where if you look up, they have a transgender flag. And mm. Dubai is very, very big on, you know, heterosexual relationships. And so they completely blocked that movie. Um, but yeah, they did not play. So, but basically, yeah, the tour guy was talking about how they handle crimes and things like that, um, things they care about. And so, one of the things he was saying is in the past for guys that would grape people, um, they would cut their hands off and cut off like their limbs. Um, and this wasn't even like 400 years ago. This was like, they did this in like the 60s, 60s, 70s. Um, and so I'm hearing like, yeah, they cut somebody's limbs off for like how, you know, insane your crime is. And then five minutes later, we watched this guy try to rob this store. So I'm thinking they're about to pull out a machete and like cut this dude's head off live. Like I'm getting ready. Like, do I film this or do I like close my eyes? Like, how do I handle this? Um, the tour guide just was in front of us. He was like, no, keep coming. Like, keep walking. And the rest of us in the group, maybe six of us, just stood there like, I don't want to move right now in front of this. I don't know what's about to happen. Because if this was America, I would, I would hope not. But I can't rule out the fact that there might be a bullet in the air. So mm. I just didn't really know how to handle the situation, but he told us it was fine and uh, it was fine. So we just kept going on the tour, but that was a random moment that I just thought like, I'm about to watch something go down. <laughs> like, so, yeah. It's really interesting. And I'm, I'm happy you didn't see this man just get like his limbs cut off or anything crazy like that. Yeah. I don't want to see him get off like that. Mm. I don't have to go home after that. <laughs> trip cancel early after that one man <laughs> um do you have uh, a favorite movie series or trilogy um i'm not too big into movies but i'm gonna be generic and say my favorite two-parter is um infinity war and endgame um it also came out on my birthday my 18th birthday so i did have a little connection to the um endgame movie but yeah, I think that's like my, my two right now. But I'm also in a process where I don't watch shows or TV. Like I'm a YouTube guy. So I watch like YouTube videos. Hmm. But I won't start watching like shows on Netflix, Amazon Prime, and even movies more. So um, I'm going to I'm gonna save some space for something else to possibly replace that. Uh, it's funny you say that. You, you watch a lot of YouTube. Do you have any favorite YouTubers? Because I think the only time I watch YouTube is maybe like either somebody talking about fashion or just somebody playing a video game I like. And yeah. I think YouTube is such a large platform where as soon as the algorithm knows that this guy likes video games, that's all you see on your page. That's all you see. So I would love to watch more just like everyday content or just content that's just not video games. So what would you 
recommend for that? Um, well, if you're in the age range of 18 to 24, first I would recommend Justin Goddard. He's a really good YouTuber, by the way. <laughs> um, I try to keep a little bit of a little bit of everything. Where, um, great question. My inspiration for a lot of my college things actually came from Elliot Choi. Um, he was a really big college YouTuber, I think around 2018, 19, and maybe even 2020. Um, he graduated, I believe 21, but now he lives in New York. He's like an entrepreneur and he's 24 years old, I believe. So he's really good with finance. He's really good for, um, entrepreneurship. He has his own brand that he was able to make out of his YouTube channel where he has over a million subscribers. Um, I even saw him recently, as of this year, in a Google commercial. So I know he's definitely made it, which I'm happy to see that. But he's really good for things like that. If you want to get into photography, I say Manny Ortiz is probably one of the best guys you could look at because he's extremely talented, but he also can break things down to a very minute level. Um, but for me personally, my favorite content creator is Agent Zero Zero, who's a part of AMP. Um, <laughs> He's, he's really cool because like while he's an AMP and does like all the crazy challenges and stuff they did do on his own personal streams, he's a very smart person. Like the way he handles life and maneuvers through like content, like his big saying that he would always say is like, don't buy a chain, buy a house. And he is 27 years old. He's from Toronto. He has like three or four houses. He just bought two cars like two weeks ago. He bought like a Tesla X, um, like the newest Tesla model. Um, he has this nice truck that he's modded and things like that. But he's a really he's a really smart guy in the way he handles like money and content and everything too. And of course, he's is really funny. So yeah, I try to keep a little bit of everything. I do watch some sports highlights. Um, so that could just be any account. And then video games. I'm getting back on Fortnite. I've made my mind. I'm gonna start getting back <laughs> on Fortnite. So I watch a little Fortnite clips now to see like what it looks like now and how the new season is and things like that. Um, and then for gaming, I also watch TGG. Uh, it's the Gorilla Gang. He does GTA stuff, which is like my main game right now. So if anybody's trying to buy a Fortnite account, I got the Demogorgon, all the OG season ones. Hit me up, man. Got like. <laughs> The, the galaxy phone skin you know hit, hit me up man i got you for that i have a question for you how much money do you think in total you've put into fortnite mm. or like a range of how much you think i'd say no more mm. than 400 dollars, maybe actually not too bad like that's actually not bad. i'm trying to think about it because if you ever play fortnite save the world that was like their like single player it wasn't really single player but like their story mode I guess you could say and you would get V-Bucks from playing that so I just played mm -hmm. that to get all the V-Bucks I'm gonna put y'all on game real quick hold on, hold I, don't, on. I don't think you can actually do save the world anymore though but yeah I was playing save the world mostly to get my V-Bucks because microtransactions couldn't make anybody broke I feel like sure you seen those memes that's like me and my friends if we didn't spend money on fortnite and it's like a montage <laughs> like a mansion or like a nice house in the beverly hills yeah and i heard fortnite was doing a refund thing but i think that was just like 
not really a myth, but I think that was just fake. But I was really hoping that they did the refunds, because now my skins are worth a lot more because everybody refunded them. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, no more than like three, four hundred dollars in Fortnite. I I played it a lot. I just never spent that much money just besides buying the battle pass every like two, three months. That's real. I think the battle pass was something you kind of had to get anyway. Mm -hmm. I think for me, that's probably like two hundred. Yeah, I spent like two hundred on the game. If you were to ask me how much money I spent on Destiny, though, that'd be a <laughs> yeah. Let's let's get into that. How much do you feel like you spent on Destiny? And which one? That's the thing. Like I'm thinking of Destiny One and Destiny Two. That game's been out for like ten years. Yeah, and we're like... on four, right? Hmm. Are we on four? What? Destiny Four? No, it's still Destiny Two. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm gonna look it up real quick. I was I was talking to Cam saying I needed like a Jamie from the Joe Rogan podcast. You reminded me I need to get a new headset um, for my PlayStation. And I also need to upgrade my PlayStation 4 to a 5. But whenever the money comes. All right. I'm not... I was hoping Reddit would say. Oh, somebody did it. Okay. <laughs> so already we're looking at $600 just from buying all the DLCs. Lord, which is, it's crazy, but put that in a 10 year span. It's not that bad. Yeah, that's that like, true. what? Five, not five, $60 a year. Yeah. Not bad at all. It's just buying the new cot every year. That's $5 every month. I like that. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it looks like $600, maybe another like, 200 on like microtransactions and skins <laughs> kind of disgusting to say now that i realize how much money that is on a video game <laughs> maybe it's fine i could that's all that is a whole that is a whole computer that's a whole camera like <laughs> it's kind of crazy to say but oh, shout out to my boy steven maldonado shout out to you yeah I don't even think I spent that much because we would chip in half and then he would just game share with me. So I'll say somewhere between five and eight hundred dollars. Still a lot of money, but it could be worse. <laughs> On the topic of money, let's uh, switch over to finances. How do you budget your money as a college student? Yeah, so. Um... My main source of income comes from my job and I'm pretty much the social media slash like the brand manager for um, my university's police department. Mm. And so um, they have me at like a set rate. So I just make my money from that. Um, and what I've decided to do as I've gotten older, I've learned how to handle my money better. Whereas in the beginning, I would just work, 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 work and then splurge and work and splurge. And I would be in the mm -hmm. same situation every single paycheck. It never ended. 
And I also wasn't getting any shoots at the time too in the beginning of college. So that was literally all I depended on. But um, now that I'm a little bit older um, and I've kind of realized the, um, the system, if you will, and I kind of understand how to handle my money better, my main source is still um, my check through my job. Um, but what I've decided to do is I take all of my money that I get from, you know, content, whether that's um, a video blows up and I get paid from it, like a TikTok I did earlier in the year, um, got like 11 million views or something like that. Um, I think I got like four or $500, took that and I just saved it. Um, but you, you got I paid from TikTok? I did. Huh. I don't know TikTok. I mean, I probably heard that. So is it like a creator thing or how does that work? Yeah. So when you get 10,000 followers, 100,000 views within the past 30 days, and then I think you're above the age of 18, I think that's the three um, rules of their criteria. Mm -hmm. um, you are in their creator program. So I didn't have the 100,000 views until my video started blowing up. And then once it hit 100,000 views, I was like, wait, I can join the program. So I joined the program and as days would go on, um, it would keep growing from like 100,000 to a million and then 2 million, three. And I think it hit, I think 10 or 11 million views. Hmm. So it definitely did pretty well. Um, but like I said, I only got like four or five. And the reason why I say only is because TikTok has so many views and so many users right now that they pay like, I think between two and four cents per thousand views. So it wasn't as much. Whereas if that would have been on YouTube, I probably could, oh, I won't say pay off my tuition, but I think that would probably be about like five grand, hmm. five to 10 grand. 11 million views maybe more actually but i think it also depends on your subscriber account and i have like a thousand something so i could get a decent amount and uh do you in the sense of double dip where you post your tiktoks onto the shorts of youtube as well oh 100 i started doing that and that is such i think long term maybe not as much of a good idea it's not as much of a great idea um, but I definitely do it now. And I just take a lot of my um, TikToks that I've posted on TikTok and I throw them on my YouTube shorts. Mm -hmm. And I think within first day, they probably get me about a thousand views, maybe between one and 5,000 views. Um, but even more than that too, because it's still content that I do and it's still me. Um, a lot of people still see me in a different way where I'm not posting about college tips and get to see me be like funny for six seconds. And it's led to me getting a lot more subscribers that way versus naturally just posting uh, my organic YouTube videos. So it's been really good to grow my um, subscriber count when I'm not being consistent through my videos over the summer to have those reels and shorts kind of go in between. So, but yeah, I pretty much use my um, my school check though. That's my main source where I kind of live off that. And then um, everything else, whether that's like a brand deal, um, like I said, um, a, content video that blows up or even a photo shoot, I just save all that. So all that I don't even, I just don't bother. Unless I'm in a bad time, I usually try to keep around like maybe like $300 in my account for like my checkings. And then if I wanna have like three, a little bit more, I will, but that's kind of the range I kind of give myself. So that way um, the rest of it can go into my savings if I need it for like a car emergency or anything like that, so. It's a pretty smart way to live, I like that. and. Do you invest this money when you say you take it out and put it into your savings or is savings just savings for you? Yeah, so um, 
first two and a half years of college up until maybe um, the end of 2021, I got into investing a little bit. Mm. Uh, my brother has actually been really investing into actual stocks with his friends. He's put like a good amount. I can't even say the number, but he's put a good amount of money into investing. So um, him and you are like my big two people that are like investing for real that are like getting me to want to invest more. But I started off doing the easy way and doing it through Cash App. I would just put $20 here and there in like an Amazon or like a Walmart or Apple and see how it would do. I think I, overall, I probably put like $100 in it, maybe got back like 20. So the return on investment wasn't too bad. Um, but um, I think right now, because I'm at the end of college um, and, you know, I got to look at getting a job and an apartment and you know, I want to move and things like that. So um, right now, mainly my savings is just for when I graduate and like, you know, when I get an apartment, I have to get furniture and things like that. So that's kind of where it's at right now. But at a certain point where I'm stable in my life, um, whereas now I'm out to like move in like 10 months, um, I think I'll definitely get back into investing more. So. Yeah, and investing has been my... I don't want to say my main thing, but most of my time, I just want to invest right now instead of saving because shout out to Coach D. He said, you're 20-something years old. What do you need money for? <laughs> or not like, what do you need money for? But like a medical emergency is way less likely to happen when you're 20-something versus like 60-something. So shout out to him for that life advice. I've been investing and still saving, but mostly investing. And do you have, like, any programs or, like, things you do to learn more about investing or, like, somebody you watch on YouTube? I should, but as of right now, I don't. I was actually going to ask you, what have you learned through, like, the experience of just investing? Because I know, like, there's always, like, something that you'll just learn. Like, oh, okay, I didn't know how I could do this, whether that's, like, strategically or just financially. So, like, how has that process been for you? Um, one thing I'd say from investing is I, I do it every day, though. <laughs> it's kind of like a terrible habit. It's don't worry about today's price, which kind of, which is kind of what I'll say. Like, say you buy a stock at a hundred dollars and like Disney, for example, Disney has been down like the past two or three months because of the Florida governor or whatever. Yeah. Right. It's a great time to buy, but say you just invested at 100 and you went down to 85 and you look at it every single day. Like, don't don't worry about it too much, I guess, because it's at the end of the day, it's still Disney, you know? That is true. So, like, unless it just really shoots down or something, don't worry about it too much. Yeah, I'll just say take a step away. Like, every day I used to be looking at my portfolio which is like really bad because I'm not day trading or anything like that. So it doesn't really matter. Like I could probably look at my portfolio mm. once a month, twice a month and be like, all right, everything's looking good. Maybe buy some more here, buy some more there. But it's kind of fun to just watch the numbers go up and down every now and then. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, it definitely sounds fun too. And I feel like it seems like stocks and just trading in general is – not only like fun but it's such a good learning experience like mm -hmm. and because it's financial things you're doing too like that's that's some type of experience and knowledge that you're gaining that you're going to keep for life mm -hmm. so definitely want to use that as a skill going forward 
And another thing I would want to chime in about with stocks is like, I don't know how to say it, but like, don't trust Elon Musk. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, he, um, he's, he's a cool guy, you know, whatever. Tesla, SpaceX, cool, whatever. But it's, it's kind of killing me right now. But maybe one day I'll see a green number next to Tesla. <laughs> um, but no, seriously, uh, just invest what you can. I was talking with uh, Cameron Fretwell, have an episode coming later on, and he said it greatly, just don't invest what you're not afraid to lose. And that's a great way to live, I guess. Not live, but that's a great standard to live by when investing. Like, if you don't want to see that number turn to zero, it's probably not a good idea. I don't want to say investing is gambling, but at the same time, it kind of is because you're hoping for the stock to go up. But yeah, yeah that's true. Do your due diligence, too. Like, you know this company is going to make more money in the future like do it and if you talk to somebody about it and they're just like i don't believe you or not i don't believe you but i wouldn't invest in that like don't take somebody else's word over it if you believe that's what's right you know like something sure. with your faith like if somebody's like my god's better than your god you, be, you could be like okay i believe that but i'm still gonna put my faith into what i believe so Another example I could say with that is Disney's like $80 right now. I asked a person that's like a longtime investor. I was like, should I invest in Disney? And he's like, I wouldn't. But I've seen Disney at way higher numbers before, so I'm going to, you know, take my bet and say Disney's just going to bounce back. It might be one or two years from now, but I, I could care less. I'm 20-something years old. It's $80. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah you have so much knowledge though about the entire subject though so that is really cool i wouldn't say i have knowledge or not i don't want to like sound like super humble but it's not that i have knowledge about it it's just that i'd take a better approach than most people whereas like oh somebody on tiktok posted this stock i'm gonna buy it no <laughs> yeah it's just Doing your due diligence. I say if you do that, then you can't really lose in the stock market. Because if you think about it, it's really set up for anybody to win. Yeah. Like, if you were, how we talked about, a diehard Canon fan. If you bought the price of, what, a 7D every year, $1,000 over 20 years, you'd probably make more money than you invested, right? yeah yeah like especially like a solid company like that unless like canon gets like i don't know something catastrophic happens like an ep economic collapse yeah just also like buy what invest in what you know i don't mean to ramble or go on a tangent but that was good that was good there's a lot of people that's gonna need some a financial life would be on the stock market. So that was pretty good. I'm going on a tangent. You're a Nike runner. You only run in Nike. You can get some new shoes. Or 
Mm. Get the stock. Mm. That's real. That's, that's real, right? That is real. That's real. That's real. You buy Apple. You buy a new iPhone every year. How much you buy in the stock? Stock always go up. Stock always go up. I saw something. This has been like at least two years ago now. It's like Apple's AirPod sales are like more than like some companies make in year in a year. And I'm so serious. It's crazy. That's actually see. tough. AirPods alone. And you know how many Apple products they have? That's crazy. I know, right? Yeah. The Apple AirPods in 2020 made $23 billion. Good Lord. Off of, off of earphones. Earphones. Not their phones. Not the iPads. Not the Macs. Nothing else. That is hard. That, that's pretty tough. That's more money than Adobe, Uber, NVIDIA, AMD, Spotify, Square, Twitter, Shopify, and Snapchat. Not all of those combined together, just like single companies, but that's more money than all those companies off of one product. Crazy! Bro, if I'm on the marketing team for one of those companies, or if I'm the boss of someone, you're getting fired, bro. If I heard that and I'm a CEO, bro, someone's getting someone's getting the bad end of that. But if you That's think, wild. if you think about it, like, when was the last time you saw an iPhone commercial? I mean, there's like the one commercial when they like show off the new product, but Apple hardly does advertising anymore. They have the economy in their hand, genuinely, because they know people are going to buy the upgraded phone, regardless of how much or how little they've upgraded it, people are going to buy it every year. Every single year. And they can have the smallest commercial, have the smallest expo meeting, still going to get their money. They can make a commercial saying, this is literally the same phone. Like, you could tell me that too. And, and I'd believe it. Like, tell me the iPhone 13 is the exact same as the iPhone 14 and they did nothing to it. And I would be like, man, I believe it. <laughs> right. And then they'll hit you with a, but we also have the X version and the Max, and then that's where they just go crazy. Yeah, and no disrespect to Apple. Like, I respect that. I wish I would have invested earlier, but you can't win them all. Man, that would have been a crazy investment. Yeah, imagine. Yeah, talk about generational wealth that you invested in just 2010. Oh, dude, you know, that's a good point you bring up. <laughs> Not to call this guy an idiot. But he sold, excuse me, Ronald Wayne sold 10% stake of Apple for a mere $800. 10% of Apple, bro. I, I don't know how much 10% of Apple is right now, but that's easily billions of dollars. If he held it at Apple's market cap of 200 in 70 billion no no if he held apple's 10 percent stake now at 2.71 trillion dollars he'd have 270 billion dollars goofy how much would he have 270 billion dollars goofy guys I think the question we need to ask is who has more guilt right now that guy <laughs> or oppenheimer because it's starting to look a little narrow at this point speaking of 
Speaking of people that just lose an investment, Magic Johnson. Oh, bro, his situation <laughs> sucks, dude. You're offered, a star. Offered 10,000 sh- 10, contracts in Apple. Not Apple. For shoes that no one knows about today. Excuse me. 10,000 contracts in Nike. And then you say, I'm going to chase that check and go with Converse. Five years ago, Nike bought Converse. <laughs> Like, sometimes you have to take the risk and don't think about money straightforward. Not straightforward. In the short term. That's a better way to put it. Don't think about money in the short term. If you're in investing for the long term, which is another thing. I'm an investor, not a trader. Because day day trading, I'd be like screaming at myself every day, I think. Yeah, I'd be a lot. But yeah. I think that's enough of the tangent on investing. <laughs> Just don't don't be an idiot. Invest in what you know. Do your due diligence. You'll win. All, all that. You'll win. Um. Oh my gosh, I'm forgetting. You live in Augusta. I do. There's a golf tournament every year in Augusta. There is. Have you been to that golf tournament before? I have. In fact, I've worked in the past two years in a row. And I don't even remember how I got the job, to be honest with you. But I will say, I do know for a fact, it was through connections. And that shows you the importance of networking and just building genuine connections. But the job title I had this past, um, earlier this year, and then of course last um, I was under player transportation, so I, pretty self-explanatory, I drove the players, the caddies, um, to and from the tournament, to the practice grounds, to their cars, to the arena, not the arena, to the, um, well, they have a place called the arena, it's like where they work out, but yeah, it's all across the entire golf course. Um, did that for about a week, two years in a row, and that was some of the funnest experiences and valuable experiences I have ever had. And do you golf at all by chance? Or like, how did you get into that door? So the Masters tournament's held in Augusta, Georgia. And of course, I go to Augusta University, um, maybe 10 minutes away, if that. Um, you could argue maybe five, depending on who's driving. But um, <laughs> yeah, so what they do is they employ um, college students, and I think high school too, but mainly college students first before they open up the main jobs to the public. And so we kind of get first dibs on all types of jobs. And a lot of my friends were doing it, um, especially our junior year. A lot of us in my friend group, um, we all decided to do it. So maybe like 10 of us worked the master's tournament and we were in all different areas. Some were um, under baristas, some were in the pro shop, like merchandise shop. Merchandise shop. Um, I was the only one in player transportation. My girl was doing coffee. Um, so everybody got to do like a different role. Um, some were even like chefs, so that was pretty cool. Hmm. Um, yeah, we got to um, be a part of that, so that was really cool. But um, the experience itself was really crazy because I don't golf. I've never golfed. The only time I have is at Top Golf, which clearly doesn't count. <laughs> but that's cool. Um, yeah, you can say it's that. It's a driving range. I can't swing for my life though. <laughs> um, but 
Yeah, so that experience was really weird, not knowing anybody. But I would say, honestly, that kind of helped me in the long run because um, even this year, after a year of doing it, I learned more about the sport, but I don't know players. And so when you're driving players, it can either be really cool or really, really awkward. There was a time I had a guy in my car, and we have one rule where champions meaning guys who have won before in the past um who are green jackets they have a select different parking lot and a select different um locker room than the regular players um there has been some times where um take like a rory mcelroy um has been in my golf cart and i dropped him off in the normal parking lot um <laughs> times where i have taken um, Bubba Watson, for an example, not knowing who he was. And I asked him when he wanted to get in my golf cart, I said, sorry, sir, we only do players and caddies. He said, I'm a player in the most awkwardest voice I've ever heard in my life. And that was one of the worst days. Oh my <laughs> because the way everyone quotes me for that, rightfully so. But everyone <laughs> me for that. Um, I did get to make it up to him this year and a really cool experience. I had to work at the airport one day when they all arrived and um, I got to meet him at his private jet and help him and his family get off the plane. We took their stuff into um, with his team, of course. We took his stuff into our cars, which are like $9,000 Mercedes GLS like SUVs. Um, and then we would either drive them to their house, drive them to the range, depending on the time or things like that. So um, I got to be around him in a, a more personal way and I knew him. So it was like a little redemption arc. But um, yeah, there's a lot of times where I didn't know the players, which I felt like was kind of cool because if it were to have been somebody I knew and cared about, like for an example, I'm really big on basketball. So my favorite player, I'm not going to say right now, um, is definitely Russell Westbrook. If I was working the NBA Finals and I had a dude walk up in my golf cart and it was Westbrook asking me to go to the locker room, I genuinely can't say I don't know how much I would glaze. I, I, I don't know how I would do that. I would be like, yo, doing this to him in the cart. I mean, he wouldn't hate me by the end of the time. But just not knowing anyone really helped me to just like be calm. So like the whole time I'm driving a dude who's probably like a multi-millionaire. He's on ESPN. He has more money in his pockets that I will ever see in my life. Collabs and has brand deals with Mercedes and all these other companies. He's on billboards, regular guy to be just dropping him off. I'm having a casual conversation with him about the weather, talking to him and his caddy. So that was really cool to just not, not really um, have the jitters or anything, but just to talk to them like regular people. I feel like it's not too often people of that stature get to um, just talk to people and it's a normal conversation without people like asking about golf. Like they're still a dad, you know what I mean? They're still a brother. Like there's other aspects of them besides being a golf player. So um, outside of the pay being very well, um, the coolest thing for me was second year, I realized this golf thing, not going to learn about it. And I don't really have time to learn about it during the week. So instead of trying to do what a lot of the other people I was working with were doing by, oh, can I drive my favorite golfer? And let me see. I want to see if I can get Rory. I want to see if I can get Tiger. I want to, you know, this and a third. I was like, you know what? I'm a networking king. I love people. I love connecting. Let's talk to some people. So most of the time it was kind of awkward because during the tournament days, um, 
they can get a little snippy, you know, they're, they're fighting for $3 million and pretty much their whole life changing. So they don't want to talk to a 20 year old caddy, a 20 year old guy. It's fair. I understand that. Um, and while they may not want to talk, their caddies, chillest people on the planet, they're getting paid regardless. They are there <laughs> to have fun. The caddies are the funniest, by the way, caddies are the funniest, most blunt people on the planet. They, I had one guy who was like, oh, I think a caddy for a dude came out of college. I think he was out like Kentucky or something, barely got into the tournament. Um, and I was just like, Hey, how we do today? He goes, effing trash. <laughs> Straight like that. And so one guy I got, um, was really, really cool. I can't remember the actual player's name, but caddy and I got to talk in and he was like, yeah, what school you go to? Told him the school, told him what I'm studying. And I told him that I'm graduating and he asked me for my plans afterwards. And I was like, yeah, you know, as of right now, um, I don't know the job title, but I, I want to work somewhere in digital marketing. And then I told him I want to move to Charlotte and he goes, yeah, that's cool. I actually know a few guys up there in uh, Charlotte. It's about two hours from here. I'm like, yeah, it is. He's like, yeah, let me see if I can connect you with them. Um, so I was like, yeah, sure. Thinking it's like, keep in mind, he's a caddy, not the player. I'm like, ah, it's probably just like some random person, but I'll take anything, you know, I'm grateful for you know, any type of networking, especially before I even graduate. So we're talking about it. I didn't have a pen or a paper. So I'm like, uh, let me grab something real quick. I took an empty water bottle and <laughs> took that. And then my friend threw me a Sharpie, like it was behind me out of nowhere. Um, we just keep Sharpies in our golf cart. So I had a Sharpie and just wrote the number on the bottle. And he's like, yeah, let me give you this guy's number. So I'm writing down the guy's number. And he's like, oh, I'm trying to remember. And he's like, oh yeah. So he's like the CEO of NASCAR and he's like, yeah, he owns like three tracks out there. He's uh, out there doing things like that. So let me give you his number, hands me his number. And it's like, yeah, let me know if you, you know, I'm looking for some opportunities and things like that. So by a casual conversation with a man, I never thought I would talk to, I got connected with the CEO of NASCAR, which is held in Charlotte. So hmm. connections they have are crazy. Not as crazy though, as the time I had the CEO of, and I wish I was making this up, but it's so casual there that it's like, I talked to Pau Gasol for like five minutes and it's just like, he's a normal guy here. Talked to Peyton Manning, normal guy. Me and my golf cart and one of the rules we have is that we only drive players and caddies. So, um, because this is like the Super Bowl, mm -hmm. players are gonna bring their friends. Who are their friends? Other celebrities. I mean, everybody. There was Zach, um, not Zach, Zendaya and Tom Holland were out there, I think last year. Um, Zane from One Direction was there this year. I walked right past him very casually. Um, <laughs> Big people were out there. Tom Brady was there last year. And because I worked in player transportation, they weren't out to the public. They were just by the locker rooms where everybody else parks at. So only a select few people could see these people. I'm in my golf cart waiting. I like the bottom of the hill. Player and everybody comes from behind. So I don't know who they are until they sit down and say, hey, take me, you know, X, Y, Z. So this old man comes up. I know he's not a player or a caddy. Caddies wear the full and white uniforms. And we know players by their tags and everything. And they're also carrying their clubs. Old man comes in. He's got a green jacket on. He's like, "Hi, uh, can you take me to the uh, members' parking lot?" So I'm like, "Oh, he's a member. Members usually don't have a good reputation because they just pay to get in. Sometimes they have a lot of money and they think that they can go any and everywhere, which they can't because I'm players and caddies only, right?" Sits down in his car and I was like, "Oh, sure, okay." So we start pulling off the ramp. It's like 30 feet. 
And he goes, hi, my name is, a guy is named Sonny something. I'm the CEO of Nike. I'm in the what? car with him at 30 minutes, not 30 minutes, 30 seconds. We get out to turn off to the ramp so I can take him to his parking lot. I'm like, oh, I'm about to cook. I don't know any golfers, but I know how to market myself. Let me cook. I get 30 feet of driving him. My supervisor, which I had one of eight, goes, ah, I'm so sorry, sir. We're players and caddies only. He makes the CEO of Nike get off my golf cart. Bro. And I when my I supervisor know. Everybody looked around like, did he just tell the CEO of Nike to get off? And I was like, bro, you just fumbled. My whole life could have changed from this moment. Jeez, man. And he just casually was like, and they're they're straight, very, very strict there. So he has to do his job by telling him no, because if a player misses tea time because another golf cart was used for a member, we're all cooked. Mm-hmm. So he had to do his job, which is understandable, but uh, that one hurt. That one genuinely hurt. And after he shook my hand too, I could tell it was gonna be a good conversation. I cried inside a little bit. You could have got a sponsorship. You could, like, any Nike you could have imagined would have been sent to your house the next day. Could have been crazy. Man. He would have known I was somewhat a good character because I'm there working the tournament. So, yeah, that was that was definitely going to go down as one of my biggest L's of my life. For sure. <laughs> and I'll, I'll take that, you know. It wasn't my choice, so. I would have risked my job to drive him though, genuinely. <laughs> I'll I'll lose out on that extra hundred dollars or whatever it was to drive him and have a connection. Because if he gave me his number, you can't tell me anything. I would have given you a gift card, like a million dollars, Nike store credit, like that's casually. Oh man, that's life. It's heartbreaking. It was, man just for some like member's wife who, all right, if you saw her, you understand. But some member's <laughs> wife who comes up, hey, can you take me to the parking lot? Yeah, of course, man, where do you need to go? <laughs> He'll take you right here. I'm like, bro, you gotta be kidding me. What on, What are we doing here? Charles, what are we doing? Uh, Charles would have had to see me, bro. Yeah, Charles would have had a one and ones for real. <laughs> Hey, Charles, come see me in the back. Come talk to me real quick. (laughs) (laughs) That's crazy, but speaking of networking, is golfing something you would learn in the future? Because that's like the number one sport for networking. Bro, the way... So our supervisors, they have an option, right, of either for their compensation for the week. We have to take money. We don't have a choice. Um, But supervisors have the option of getting paid which is like a lot more than we get paid. Like it's a, it's a, I'll go as far as to say, it's like a salary for some people. They get paid a good bit for the week, hmm. um, a year worth salary, or they can play on the master's course on like one of the days that the tournament gives them. All my supervisors choose to play golf because A, a lot of them told me it's not even about being good at golf. It's just about being out there and who you're talking who any and everybody's out there and a lot of these guys that are supervisors play with the green jackets who are like our all of our ultimate boss so my ultimate boss is a green jacket um who isn't a former player but 
these guys can become green jackets by um just being well known like if for an example i think my supervisor owns like all of like the oil industry in augusta which is huge um man uh, like his network is crazy um and he was the one of the guys that came out and he brought peyton manning out there and just casually was talking to him so all of them played golf together on like i think a weekend um after the tournament's over and they choose that every single year over the money because that by choosing that is legitimately a long-term investment like you make so many connections you can make but they and that's another thing too it's really good for business deals like they make a lot of deals out there they make so many different ideas and just like strategies and things like that around the business world out there so i think i might say the same i might probably end up doing that if i was ever given the chance because they just they know what they're doing you know 50 you know percent of the business is done on the course oh yeah <laughs> yeah i used to work at a golf course up in high school not going to disclose the name because I, yeah. I don't like that golf course anymore but yeah you meet a bunch of people you would caddy as you say for a lawyer a dentist you know, actually, Tyler, that goes to Augusta, his dad used to go there. He probably still does. Yeah. But, yeah, mm-hmm. it's a bunch of people you meet, and you never know whose phone number you'll need, and they remember you that one time. You're locked in forever, you know? Oh, you're locked Yeah. Then I might cut out. Hello? Say something? Hello? I can hear you now. I said you're locked in forever. I don't know if it all went through or not. Yeah, your audio cut in and out, but you like started glitching as far as the video. All right, all right. that's it's not good to hear. Um, let me just go through everything one last time. Well, actually, I think this is going to be a new way I do the podcast. Let's just do some rapid fire questions. You know, we'll just. I think that's a good way to end. You okay with that? I like that. That's, that sounds good. I'm down. All Hit right. me. Paul. What's your favorite movie? Avengers Endgame. That's, that's a crazy favorite movie, but who's your favorite director? <laughs> no one's coming. Who's your favorite director? Mm, Ryan Coogler. Okay, okay. What's your favorite food? Right now, chicken sandwiches. Like chicken salad sandwiches or chicken sandwiches? Ah, oh, chicken sandwiches. Like a Chick-fil-A chicken sandwich? Yeah. Oh, all right, cool, cool. Uh, weird question. Does the Chick-fil-A spicy... <laughs> does the Chick-fil-A spicy sandwich not taste spicy to you anymore? I feel like it got dialed down. It might have. I had it literally yesterday, two days ago, and it was it was like they put spices on it. It wasn't even spicy. Yeah, I remember one day after after the rock, like in high school, I was like, "Oh, let me get the spicy sandwich. It can't be that bad." My mouth was on fire. <laughs> but yeah, it, it doesn't taste spicy anymore. What's your right. favorite anime? Anime? Um, I started one. No, I didn't. I started My Hero Academia. What's your favorite? As of right now, I I haven't watched. Like I was given a pool from my younger siblings between um, Hunter x Hunter, My Hero, One Piece, and I forgot the fourth one. And I just started My Hero. Hmm. Yeah, I wanted to get into One Piece, but 
too long of a series. It's too long. Yeah, they said it, you got to start with some smaller. You got to. You have to start when it's when it came out. I guess is the best way to put it. Yeah. What's your favorite basketball team? That's tough right now. The Clippers. Would you say you're a Westbrook follower? Not in like a bad way, but whatever team Westbrook goes to, you go to. I'm a I'm a Westbrook Glazer. (laughs) (laughs) No, I definitely go to I go to whatever team he's on for sure. Westbrook's Westbrook's my guy, so usually he ends up being my favorite team, except for when he was in Washington. My two favorite teams at the time. I'm big on Giannis, so shout out to the Bucks. Bucks is my second favorite team. And then third could be either Brooklyn because of family, or I have to say Atlanta's coming up a little bit. You know, I saw the game, not even the game. I saw the two games. Well, I guess the game and the game before Russell Westbrook broke the triple double record. That's crazy. The Wizards lost, but it was a great thing to see. Yeah. <laughs> favorite football team? Oh, New York Giants for life. Respect, respect. Do you have a favorite okay. soccer team? or? I don't want to get into soccer. Um, like I said, I'm moving to Charlotte. So I know Charlotte has a soccer team, um, domestic-wise at least. Um, the FC. So I like them. Started watching them play a little bit. But I do want to watch Columbia play, and I want to see if Panama has a soccer team. My dad's from Panama. I'll see if I can... Find if they got a team or not. It's pretty cool. I heard about it, but hopefully. What's your favorite clothing brand? Mm, right now, if I really want to get some clothes, I would say H and M. I'm not a high profile guy, so I can I can take something chill like H and M. I can put together some fits. I respect that. I respect that. Do you have like? A high-end brand you'd like more not like essentially high-end but a brand that you would splurge for um i don't know off the top of my head there probably is one um maybe in the fashion industry i don't i don't think there is um not really essentials isn't really like high-end i guess anymore um to, to my bank account it is but uh, <laughs> i can do essentials too um, I just gotta get my money up, but um, Mary's not bad, but they right now, yeah. No more Mary. Little baby said yeah. that a couple couple months ago. No more Mary. No more of that. What's your dream car? Ooh, that's a great question. Um, I've had like three or two cars in the past, like since high school. Mm-hmm. So I've been um having a lot of car trouble and things like that. However, with that though, I've learned so much about cars, and I literally. Love cars. My dream car right now, like I said, is a Urus. I want a Urus so bad. Lamborghini Urus. I would probably do like a royal blue, a sea blue. If you're, on the, right if you're on the frugal side, you want to save a little. I, I say a little. It's like a hundred thousand. If you want to save some yeah. money, buy the Audi RS Q8. It's the exact same engine, and it's the exact yeah. same body type. Yeah, Just, the Audi what? The Audi RS Q8. It's literally. Audi's version of an SUV. It's the Lamborghini Urus, but financially cheaper, I guess. Yeah, I think when I get a new car, because the car I have right now has 295,000 miles on it. Jeez. Yeah. Um, I got it last year. It's a gift. Um, But, like a literal gift. But, um, 
think the next car I would get it's an Infinity FX thirty five two thousand six is what I got now. Um, I would probably get like a modern day like SUV. It would probably be by Infinity where it's luxury, but it's not like a high end like Lexus or BMW or something like that. So hmm. a solid car. I mean, I like that mid range, like that mid luxury. That's where I live. As long as it has Bluetooth, I don't care, man. Bingo. Like, that's all I need. Okay. I think that is a place to cut it off. Sounds good. Uh, do you want to plug your socials? I obviously want to plug your socials. <laughs> yeah, of course. All right. So, um, definitely on YouTube, for sure. I'm Justin Goddard. Um, Goddard, if you know, it's spelled G-O-D-D-A-R-D. Um, sounds just like the dog from Jimmy Neutron. That is Goddard. Um, YouTube, also same thing. Um, TikTok, TikTok is Justin Goddard. Uh, Instagram, we are Justin Goddard straight, but with two D's at the end. So that's G O D D A R D. Um, if you want to follow me on Snapchat too, it's the same thing, Justin Goddard with an extra D. And um, I think that's all my platforms right now. If you want to um, tap in with my photography page, that's Just God Photography. Um, double entendre, by the way, because A, it's saying don't just God because, you know, a Christian follower of God. But growing up, when we would take the CRCT and tests like that, they would always ask for us to fill out the first four letters of our first name and the first three of our last name. What are mine? <laughs> just God. That's, that's my parents did that one. So that's my um, photography name, Just God Photography, in Atlanta, um, in Augusta, and I've been, you know, 2024 will be in Charlotte. So tap in if you're interested. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Justin, for being on the podcast. Thank you, everybody, for listening. And until next time. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me, man. You guys have a good one. All right. Well.